Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. On testing of spirits, my opening verse for you comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, where it reads, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Okay, oh, you know, my problem is I want to make commentary on almost like every phrase, and I don't get to read the whole scripture. So I'm going to push myself on pause. I'm going to read the whole verse, then I'll make, make some uh, comments. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Now, dear friends, this, we really need to get this down. This is written to believers. This is not written to the unbelieving community. This is written to disciples in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the way the scripture opens. This whole chapter of 1 John chapter 4 opens. Dear friends, are you a friend of God? If you're a friend of God, the book of James says, you're not a friend of the world. Wow. So, let's deal with this issue first. Who are you befriending? the world? Or are you creating an atmosphere, a culture, and a lifestyle that Jesus really wants to call you friend? You know who's a friend? A friend is someone you trust. A friend is someone you can tell secrets to, and they can hold a secret. Dear friends, God has some wisdom some discernment he wants to give to his friends. I don't know if all believers are actually friends. Friends are disciples. Friends are followers. So I'm starting at scratch one. Are you a friend of God? And it says to the friends, not to the worldly people. It says to the friends, do not believe every spirit. It's a warning. Why? Because some people get beguiled. Some people get deceived. Some of us, because of the enticement of sin that we talked about in the previous podcast on, on that which is sensual versus pure, we got to learn to test the spirits. Okay, 
Dear friends, do not believe every, it doesn't even just say every word or every manifestation. Do not believe every spirit because every manifestation has a motivating spirit that is behind it that is inspiring it into certain particular actions. Do not believe every spirit. But now here's what it says for friends to do. So if you're a friend, here's one of the things you need to be doing. Test the spirits. You're whole. Okay, listen, listen, listen to me, okay? You are not going to offend the Holy Spirit by testing the spirits. You are going to be pleasing the Holy Spirit if you will test the spirits. Why? Because the Bible says to do it. And if you do what the Word says, you're going to be pleasing God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, his first name is Holy. Did you know that? And so, if it's not Holy, it's not of Holy Spirit. That's so simple, but we need to get this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but friends are supposed to test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because the ultimate end fruit as we talked about in the previous podcast, is earthly, sensual, and demonic. The eventual fruit is moving you from the pure to move you over into the false. Oh, so there's an opening scripture. Now, but that verse is actually positive. Warnings, okay, let's go redemptive interpretation. Warnings are for positive purposes. Warnings are are to help us stay in a safe place. Now, I'm going to give us, real quick, nine scriptural tests from Revelation, of Revelation on how to test the spirits to see if they be of God. I will not be able to do this in a typical teaching format. I'm just going to have to race through this, give you these actually nine points real quick. And then if you want to really learn about this, You'll need to get my book, The Discerner, or another one of my materials called Deliverance from Darkness. Okay, nine scriptural tests of revelation. The following test of revelation based on the authority of God's word always works. I've taught them in many different cities, nations, and cultures, and their truths are universal. I'm going to assign them numbers to help you remember and to apply them. Each revelation, large or small, can be tested against these scriptural statements. Number one, the revelation must build up the recipient. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 and verse 26. The end result of all revelation from God is to what? Build up, admonish, encourage the people of God. Anything else is suspect. So number one, test. Two, revelation and testing the spirits is does it build up the hearer, the recipient? Number two, the revelation must honor the recorded word of God. All true revelation agrees with both the letter and the spirit of Scripture. When the Holy Spirit says yes and amen in a revelation, he has already said yes and amen in the Bible. Now, but a Part of the problem is, a lot of us don't know what the Bible says, so we don't have a compass to be able to test revelation. So, I got to exhort us, be people of the Word and the Spirit. So, nine scriptural tests. One, the revelation must build up the recipient. Number two, 
The revelation must honor the recorded word of God. Number three, the revelation must glorify God the Father and God the Son. Because Jesus said, as recorded in John chapter 16, verse 14, the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive that which he will make known to you. Oh, come on now. That is so simple and profound and awesome. Listen, let's flip it. Negative definition. If it does not honor Jesus, if it does not honor the Father, it is not originating from Holy Spirit. It is originating from another spirit from the dark side. So number three test is the revelation must glorify God the Father and God the Son. Number four, the revelation will be established by its fruit. Last podcast, again in James chapter 3, the wisdom which comes from above is first pure. It's peaceable. It's full of mercy. And then it says, and full of good fruits. So, the revelation, number four, must be established by its fruit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Watch out, they will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So you have to ask the question, is the fruit good or bad? Good fruit will line up with the list in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, here's part of the tricky part. Gifts are given, but fruit is grown. And you don't always immediately know the fruit. Because fruit takes time. And some things you have to push the pause button on. And you don't say yes or no immediately. Some things you can obviously write at the moment because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It doesn't give honor to God. It's not saying yes and amen to the Scripture. But fruit takes time to bear. So some things, you don't buy it. You don't sign the contract. You don't give, you wait. And you're going to watch it over a while to see what is the fruit. And if that fruit is not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, ditch it, okay? Number five, out of the nine tests, predictive revelations will be fulfilled. This is a straightforward test, although it might take time to verify. And this, again, this is a big one, because there are some conditional clauses that deal with this, because one, God has given mankind a free will to choose these ways or not, and two, some authentic words carry critical consequences unless people repent. And then when repentance occurs, oh, the consequences are removed. Three, and the fulfillment of a word can occur a long time afterward. So, but this is nonetheless is a true biblical test. If it is predictive, though, the revelations ultimately become fulfilled. Let's just move on to number six. Now, the nine scriptural test to walk as a discerner. The revelation must direct people to Jesus. Do you know that some stuff that people listen today, it might like tickle you. It might like 
be even little bit kind of like make you happy for the moment. But does it really direct you to be more in love with God? Does it cause you to be a part of the community of believers? Does it does that word, does that sensation, does that teaching cause you to be a part of the assembly of the believers? Because the book of Hebrews says, do not forsake yourself. Do not forsake the assembling of the saints, which is the custom of some. Hmm. Well, let's not be a part of the custom of some. Let's be the custom of disciples who are discerning. And they know that safety is in community. Wow. So, number six revelation is, though, does the revelation direct people to Jesus? Even if a prophet is highly gifted and even can't produce miracles, do not believe a word they say unless the revelation doesn't direct you to Jesus. Yes, be a Jesus freak. Yep, be a Jesus person. I grew up in the Jesus People Movement 50 years ago, folks. I'm still a Jesus person, and I'm going to go out as a Jesus person. Number seven, the revelation must release the spirit of adoption. What is the spirit of adoption? It is the assurance of being sons and daughters, not orphans. Sons and daughters of God, as opposed to being captive slaves. Romans 8.15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption of sons and daughters, for which we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. Okay? Number eight. So, in other words, you're not going to be a zombie. You're not going to be being controlled by this thing. No, the fruit of the spirit of self-control, that's controlling the deeds of the flesh, not controlling the Holy Spirit. Are you empowered by the Holy Spirit, or are you controlled by Another manipulative force. Okay, number eight. The revelation must produce life. Holy Spirit always brings life. He's a life-giving spirit. Why? Because Holy Spirit is the third person of God. Along with the proofs of the spirit of adoption, does a revelation produce life or death in those who the life of the spirit, as noted by Paul the Apostle, He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Is what you're hearing, is what you're dreaming, is what you're sensing, is what you're testing, does it produce life and liberty or does it produce fear and bondage? Number nine test, the revelation will be attested by the Holy Spirit. This ninth test is the most subjective of them all and must be used in conjunction with the previous test in order to determine whether or not the Holy Spirit attests to the word coming. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, And His anointing teaches you about all things, whether it is real or counterfeit. Yeah, that's true. That's my Holy Spirit. Well, I have a question that's come in from John, and he says, How can I grow in maturity to be able to test the spirits? How can you can you tell us an experience? So, John, that's awesome. Can I how can I grow? Or how can everybody out there grow? 
in maturity. Well, I would, again, suggest to you to take these nine tests because if you'll put these and you'll learn these and you'll pray into these, you will grow in maturity. Solid food, Hebrews 5.14, is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained. So, guess what? Take training sessions. So, John, one of the ways that you're going to grow is through practice. Now, there is no baby Holy Spirit. When God gives the Holy Spirit, He gives the full mature gift. But that doesn't mean that we have the wisdom yet to walk out in maturity the dimensions of the Holy Spirit. And that's where it's gifts and fruit. Remember, fruit takes time. Fruit takes the right atmosphere. Fruit takes water. Fruit takes light. Light. And fruit takes the right soil. So, to grow in maturity, you've got to have the right soil. And again, I just want to just, I got to, I'm beating the drum and I know it, but I'm going to keep doing it. Are you a part of a local church? Are you a part of a ministry? You say, but James, I don't get to be a part. I'm not in Nashville, and I don't have the selection of all the 10 hottest churches in town like you do. Yeah, but that's why things like this exist. That's why a mentoring of James program exists. And that's why today there are so many life-giving tools that are not a substitute to the local church. They are an additional expression. But where I really want to get to is, do you have two or three to walk with? There's where there's safety. And there's where you can share. There's where you can pray. There's where you can grow. Do you have a connect group? Do you have a small group? In my growing up, they were called koinonia groups. That's the Greek word for fellowship. Fellowship groups. Gosh, I remember being in college. Yeah, I was in Navigators, and I was in Campus Crusade for Christ. And then I was in the Jesus people, and we had fellowship groups. And you know what we just did? We practiced on each other. We prayed. We learned to prophesy. We learned to test the spirits to see if they were of God. Because maturity comes by practice. So John also asked, can you tell us an experience? I sure can't. I have a boatload of them. Some of those stories would be written up in a couple of books, God Encounters Today, and the one especially I want to highlight right now is Deliverance from Darkness. But one is just illuminating within me. One time I was in prayer and, a, and a, an apparition came to me. Now, I've had a lot of angelic encounters. But you see, but the Word of God says to test the spirits to see where they be of God. And in the book of 1 John, it says, If the Spirit is of God and not of the Antichrist, that which is against Jesus, against Christ, against the Anointed One, it says you can test it, and it said it must say Jesus has come in the flesh. What? Yes. Did you know the Bible says in 1 John that you can test a spirit and you can actually speak to it? And if it does not say, if it, because listen, if it's already talked to you, it can talk to you again. What? Uh-huh. 
Yes, sir, because you've already heard something. Holy Spirit will talk back. Again, remember, Holy Spirit is not offended if you test the spirits. The Holy Spirit is really pleased if you do that because that's showing that you're a disciple and you're wanting to grow in maturity. So here's what happened for me one time. I had something come and actually appear before me. And it had an emanating presence. And it was kind of enticing. And it had a lot of brilliant light around it, too. And I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And I did what the Bible said. I said, I said, because I'd already heard something emanate from this presence. So I said, you must say to me, if you are of God, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? And then like trembling on the other end, this presence, and I will say spirit, said to me, Jesus did and disappeared, not come in the flesh. Well, that one dissipated and left. Why? Because I tested the spirits to see if they were of God. That might be a dramatic encounter, but listen to this. If that enticing element. That spirit spoke once, it'll speak a second time. And you can address it, even those thoughts, those temptations, those allurements. And you can say, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Because a demonic spirit will not and cannot, they cannot confess that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh and is manifested as the son of God among us. A demonic spirit cannot. Did you know this is in the Bible? A demonic spirit cannot confess. That means agree with. A demonic spirit cannot say, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Well, there's a pretty wild one for you, but it's nonetheless the truth. And I use that one to this day. Why? It's in the Bible. Well, Angie said, How do you discern the Holy Spirit versus other spirits? Oh, so good, Angie. So thank you so much. Well, take those nine tests I gave you. And let me just say it again, real simple. His first name is Holy. Is he leading you into holiness? Is he leading you into peace? Is he leading you into the kingdom of God of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? If it's not the Holy Spirit, it'll lead you into enticement. It'll eventually lead you into deeds of darkness. It will operate in shades of gray and draw you step by step into the deeds of darkness. That's not Holy Spirit. So, Angie and John, thank you for asking. And I just want to bless you and all of the listeners out there today that want to grow in the things of God. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.